Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Polkwit will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty-three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arrowheads Abroad podcast, the Super Bowl winning world champion Kansas City Chiefs uh, with a fantastic victory in the end in the Super Bowl and we're going to talk about that now. This evening I'm joined by uh, Tom O'Neary. Tom, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I bet you are. And we've got a special guest today, uh, a veteran of the podcast scene here, Mr. Dave Barnett. Dave, how's things? Uh, it's just going pretty well, mate. Yeah, uh, we won the Super Bowl, so can't really <laughs> say anything other than that, can we? Why would you not be happy after we've won the Super Bowl? <laughs> I was going to say, like, I've not been able to take the grin off my face since uh, since Sunday night. So, well, Monday morning, whatever time it was. Yeah, I've lost track. Don't even know what day it is oh. anymore. Don't really care. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you? If either of you been back in work since then? No. Like, I- no, uh, yeah, I, I was I back in a Monday. Yeah, I was back in a Monday morning at like ten o'clock. It was horrendous. I, oh I'd no, to bed I definitely to... had the Monday off, but today uh, I was I back got... in work and it was just struggle. I'm in tomorrow, yeah. and I can't wait to tell everyone literally everything about the game. For I'm going to annoy people tomorrow, as I've done for the last <laughs> month and a half. But I mean, they they literally don't care. But it is not going to stop me talking you... at people. You don't care that they don't care. I literally don't care. Uh, I had a message saying I heard the English rugby went well. No, sorry, the American rugby went well at the weekend. And I was like, that's, that's what I'm going to have to deal with tomorrow. But I like I say, don't care. No, absolutely not. Um, so where, where was everyone watching the game? Dave, where were you watching? I could not face other people so i watched it on my own at home um i was literally just too terrified to have to sit around other people for the entire night so i just thought you know what i'm gonna sit i can focus on the game and then if we lose i can be on my own and curl up in the field position and cry and (laughs) no one will judge me I can completely concur with that because my plan had been the same. Now, my wife watched the first half with me and then she went to bed just before half time and then she woke up and there was about five minutes left in the game. So she came down then. Um, but I had planned on watching it on my own because she wasn't planning on watching it. But yeah. in the end, the company was kind of nice. What about yourself, Tomo? Yeah, I went and uh, watched it with a couple of mates who came out of the woodwork that they were slightly into the NFL and wanted to watch it. So I was like bit suspect because you don't know whether it's going to be a good idea or not when you're that invested and they aren't really that bothered but no it was really good uh watched it with them um and they kind of got into the the spirit of things i think it's, it's easy to kind of support the chiefs having watched some of their the way they play the game um and they they really got into it wanted the chiefs to win so it's nice to have some um 
some moral support when things started getting tough and then uh, towards the end it, it got really good I mean the one the one lad went to bed in the third quarter um, because in his words it was over <laughs> to which I argued a lot but no it couldn't be stopped he went to bed at three o'clock and then I saw him in the morning and told him all about it <laughs> I would imagine from a neutral's point of view it was a pretty entertaining game like if you weren't invested in either of the teams, I would have thought it would be pretty enjoyable stuff. Um, it was one of those games, I think, if you're a fan of the NFL, it was probably one of the better Super Bowls that there's been in my recent memory, at least. Um, for maybe the casual fan, not as entertaining as some others, just because it was kind of a defensive battle and a bit scrappy and a bit sort of, I guess, messy, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, it was very tactical. There was a lot of pieces being moved about, you know, obviously two very good offensive coaches, um, you know, and then the defensive coordinators in terms of, you know, Salah for the 49ers and Spagnolo for the Chiefs both like to sort of, do some fun stuff on defense as well so I think it was a very tactical battle but um yeah especially that fourth quarter it came came alive um and I, I think you'll you know have a hard time finding people who won't probably come out and say that that's one of the best Super Bowls of all time maybe yeah I'd probably go along with that yeah I think it must have been exciting as a neutral if if you made it to the end. I mean, the game was always relatively close as well, which I think helps as a neutral with no investment. Um, I think the fact that Mahomes wasn't having one of his best games would have been such an intriguing storyline again as a neutral because you have heard all these things and I don't know how much uh, other fan bases watch every single game and, you know, this, this was a chance to watch Mahomes on the big stage and he wasn't doing it. And then in the fourth quarter, when he lights up, man, that, like I was so excited because you knew that that one big play, it, I think that was the pinnacle of the Super Bowl excitement level when he hit that play because you knew something special was going to happen one way or the other from there. The third and fifteen. I mean, yeah, 100%. any any Super Bowl that has a play that has a name, you kind of go, <laughs> okay, that must have been a pretty good one. I'm thinking like the catch with. David Tyree pinning it against his helmet and those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, well, they actually came out and told them what the play name was, and I can't remember the full play Wasp, call. Wasp 2-3 Jet something. Can yeah. I get it on a shirt? Um, and, yeah, as I say, it was the biggest play in the game. Um, you know, that, that was seven minutes left, third and 15. Obviously, the Chiefs had just had that completion ruled as a non-catch yeah. on the play before to Tyree mm -hmm. Kill that would have been a first down. There was a bit of a break um, while obviously they reviewed it and stuff and classic Super Bowl go to a couple of commercials while they're doing that. Um, and you could just feel like the build-up into that third and 15 play, it, it was just kind of like the Chiefs need to do something here because if they don't get this first down, they're going to have to punt. The 49ers will get the ball back with just under seven minutes left. And are the Chiefs really going to have time to have another two possessions after that to score and also hold the Niners, you know, it's, it's, to get the ball back at that point? Um, 
So, yeah, I, I don't think it can be understated how huge that play was in it. Mm-hmm. I say, I, I've seen some people like say, how how can he get so open? But when you look at that play and look at what Hill does, and uh, they, they said before, it was a play that they ran in the first half. But in the first half, Hill ran it straight at the safety. Whereas, obviously, in the second half, he broke it off towards the corner. And, you know, when you have a guy like Tyreek Hill running at you at 4-2 speed, basically Olympic sprinter speed, you know, it's so hard when he just suddenly changes direction with that to keep up with him. And, uh, yeah, the offensive line just held up just, just long enough for, <laughs> for Mahomes to get it out, who, you know, did a smart thing and basically turned it into like a nine-step drop. Um to give himself a little bit of extra time for everyone to get downfield. And, yeah, you just felt like the air come back into, mm. you know, Chiefs sort of offensive life at that point. Because, um, yeah, it kind of everything felt a little bit flat prior to that play. It, it's amazing to me with Mahomes that in a game where he's thrown two interceptions, he must know himself he's probably having one of the worst games of his career up to that point there's been none of those big plays to speak of. And to still back yourself to throw that ball before Tyreek's even broken out to the direction or to where he needs to be. He's, he's thrown the ball before he gets there. He's thrown to an area. It's, it's it's incredible that he can still have the confidence to do that and, and the execution as well. I think he just has to kind of... He's very good at compartmentalising um, his performance and going, right that's behind me now let's just mm. deal with the next play and just take it one play at a time i know it's a cliche but it it's still a very accurate thing to do as well um it's interesting dave you were saying there about how you felt kind of the wind came back into the sails of the offense i'm just looking at the play log here and the next three plays were incomplete pass incomplete pass and incomplete pass now the third one of those was pass interference in the end zone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but was there was there ever a stage where you kind of felt we were out of it it, like, was, yeah. it was probably after that second interception. I, I was yeah. that, you know, because it was kind of we we'd started to move the ball a little bit. We still weren't sort of firing on all cylinders, but we're sort of just like dinking and dunking our way down the field a little bit. Got towards the red zone, and you're like, okay, worst case scenario, you know, we're going to come away with three points here. We'll make it a one score game again, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. you know that gives us a chance. And then. Yeah, that interception happened, and all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, this is a ten-point game, um, with like eleven minutes left. The Niners have been running the ball, you know, what six point eight yards a carry it was at that point. Yeah. I think you were just kind of thinking the time might run out on us at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I think I text one of my mates who's a Patriots fan at that point because we'd just been sort of texting back and forth throughout the night at various points. And, uh, yeah, I said to him, I think, like, that might be that. Like, <laughs> literally, I was, as soon as that interception happened, because I was just like, yeah, we could run out of time. It was just a worry that they were going to put one of those drives together where they take up six of the 11 minutes, kick a field goal or whatever, you know. And, and that, that, like you say, could have been that. But for me, it was always... That did deflate you, that interception. But you always just think if if Mahomes is within a score and he's got a minute 
anywhere on the field, you know you've got a chance and you could never turn that off or never totally believe we were we were out of the game until it happened and fair play to the defence for getting us the ball back so quickly because they had been struggling. Um, I, don't, you, I don't know if you can say they played bad. I think the 49ers just played really, really well with their running game and play action, but they came up when we really, really needed them to. And I think this team is the most complete team we've we've ever seen in terms of playing defensive and offensive football at the same time. And it's it, it's all come together at the perfect moment for us. Yeah, I mean, it after that interception, they had the ball for 2 minutes 56 seconds. Uh, and I know it kind of 8 minutes 53 to go there when we got the ball back. I, I, I had a mate who was actually at the game, not Brad or Tom, but another one. Hmm. And I messaged him and said, we have to score a touchdown on this drive. Um, because I didn't think a field goal was going to be enough. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, it's now or never, we've got to do something and... You know, kind of six or seven plays into the drive, we hit that forty-four yarder, and now we're cooking. And once we got within three, I was like, okay, you know, mm. the defense it's can a step game up. Again, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's there's always that fear if we had only got the field goal on that drive that it's a seven-point game still. If San Francisco go back yeah. down the field and score, you know, kick a field goal, all of a sudden it's a two-score game again. Yeah. Getting that touchdown. Even with a field goal, you still only need a touchdown to win. And yeah, I think I think it was huge to get a touchdown there. And I, I say I think you just you just saw the momentum flip in the space of what thirty seconds. Yeah. All of it, it was literally just from nothing to okay, it's time to <laughs> start scoring points again because that's what we do. Literally, uh, we do every it, game. We, we do it in such quick bursts and such a lot in quick bursts that I know you kind of say oh we're never out of a game but there's always that fear that you can't keep doing this every week <laughs> but they can they yeah it's one of those things like if you're a 49 like if if you're Kyle Shanahan going into the fourth quarter you've got to be absolutely delighted the game plan is coming off to perfection yeah. you know you've hassled and harried Mahomes all night. You've not let him get settled in the pocket. You've been able to run the ball, you know, pretty comfortably. Um, you're ten points up, and you just think, you know, this is pretty much how exactly how the Forty ers drew it up. So, and from then, the Forty ers perspective, then what went wrong? I mean, I don't think a whole lot went wrong. It's maybe a play call here. Or you know, a sort of missed throw there. But honestly, I don't think they did a whole lot wrong. Like you may question their decision not to try and score at the end of this, you know, at the end of the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and potentially, obviously, you you get a look at that second and five that they had, where you know they're run average. Like we said before they're averaging over six yards a carry, and you know. You're trying to eat the clock up a little bit. Um, why not just run it again on second and five? See what you get. You know, because even if it, you know you don't get anything, at least you're running a bit of time off the clock. Um, it just seemed really weird that you know, especially for someone like Shanahan, who was obviously the offensive coordinator when the Falcons blew that twenty-eight to three lead 
against the Patriots um, and how he came out and said how he'd learned from the mistakes from that game, to see him come out and, I wouldn't say abandon the run, but kind of get away from it a little bit in a game like that. And, you know, the Falcons-Patriots game, you can kind of understand it a bit because they had the MVP of the league that year, Matt Ryan, and you're kind of putting the ball in the hands of the league MVP. You kind of go, okay, I can I can be fine with that a little bit. This one, you kind of go, okay, this is... You're putting the ball, you know, the game in the hands of your QB who you've only allowed to throw, what was it, 17 passes, I think, yeah. in the playoffs so far. It just seemed like such a weird thing to do at that point in the game when you're 10 points up, you know, you're trying to control the clock and trying to eat up time to suddenly move away from what had been working for them so well was a little bit odd. Um, but as I say, it, I think it's possibly looking a bit too harshly on the 49ers because, as I say, it's just that Chiefs offense, once they get that big play, can just strike so quickly. I think it's a, like I say, it's a bit strange because they were conservative at the end of the half, which I don't really blame him for, I think. If you're the 49ers, oh, I do. Getting, if, <laughs> I do absolutely for me, do. if you're getting the ball back at half time and you're the 49ers, it, is it worth risking it when Mahomes is on the other field? But either way, you didn't you didn't trust Garoppolo to do anything with that time that he had remaining. So it is a little bit strange to go away from the run. Um, maybe he got into his own head a little bit. I don't know. When you've got five yards and you've got two downs you, and you're running the ball the way they were, then maybe yeah, you should be running the ball, mate. But... I don't know, like like Dave said, once the Chiefs get going, I think they're just unstoppable. The Texans couldn't do anything, the Titans couldn't do anything, and the 49ers couldn't do anything. I think the, the energy that Mahomes has and the aura around him of being the MVP and all the things he's done in the league in the two years he started for us, it must give even the defensive side of the ball so much belief because you could have played terribly all game on that defensive side of the ball and it doesn't matter because Mahomes is still here and if he gets going and you start playing as a team we, we are unstoppable and they couldn't stop us the one thing of... I will say oh, sorry um, yeah, is if the roles had been reversed and that had been the Chiefs at the end of the second quarter and the Chiefs in the fourth quarter with a 10 point lead I guarantee they'd have tried to score at the end of the half mm-hmm. and I guarantee Andy Reid would have tried to run the clock and I say, when you have a team like the Chiefs that would probably do those things, you kind of think, well, why would the Niners not do the same? You know, if Reed's willing to take the ball out of his MVP quarterback's hand at time, why is Shanahan not going to do that with a QB that's definitely not on the level that Patrick Mahomes is? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they had a minute and 53 when um, Mahomes shot pass right to Damien Williams for a yard, and then we punted at a minute and eight. So there's 45 seconds come off the clock there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, even if you call a timeout at a minute 53, you just go your two-minute offense. You're getting the ball at your own 20-yard line. You go yeah. 50 yards, maybe, not even that, and you're well in field goal range. And you've got to... When you're playing the Chiefs, you've got to take every chance you can to score points because at some stage, they're going to get shit hot and start piling them <laughs> on you. 
So, well, it's as I say, it's the Chiefs have only failed to score less than twenty three points once with Patrick Mahomes at, as the starting quarterback. So that kind of tells you twenty points is probably not going to be enough. You know, mm-hmm. nineteen times out of twenty. So, yeah, you you kind of do have to scratch your head a little bit because I say, especially when you know you're getting the ball at the start of the second half, that quick score at the end of the half followed by that first possession you know at the half time that can flip a game so quickly like how many times you know the Chiefs are notorious for deferring you know obviously the kickoff uh, on the coin toss and uh, you know wanting to receive possession and start the second half how many times have we seen the Chiefs score on drives at the end of the half and then get the ball at the start of the second half and then score at the start of the second half and all of a sudden, it's just fourteen point swings out of nowhere. I'm not saying that like the 49ers could have, you know, would have done that, but you know, an extra three, six, ten points in that, you know, those two drives just would make such a huge difference. And it, it just seems weird in a game like that where you know there is no next week. Yeah. Why you wouldn't just take every opportunity you can to score? I mean, like you say, they've stopped. They've stopped themselves from having two opportunities to score and changed that to one opportunity to score. But I mean, they nearly did complete that pass. Well, they did complete the pass. Kitten got called back. I mean, if that if that stands, they are scoring points. Um, maybe he doesn't really trust his quarterback because with Patrick Mahomes, it's you. You do give him the ball and go go say do what you do. Um, I actually think in a in a weird way, the way the playoffs have gone have suited the Chiefs down to the ground because we've seen Andy try and get conservative and it hasn't really worked for us on occasion. Mm-hmm. Whereas playing from behind, you've there's no hold barred. You've got to go for it. And the way we play offense, that kind of suited us. And I think Andy didn't have a choice when he's behind. He has to go for it. And it's it's worked because once we get hot and we get into that rhythm it keeps going and I don't think the 49ers maybe had that in them as such yeah well I say I think it showed like you know during the regular season the Chiefs were one of the well were the most conservative team on fourth down in the Mm -hmm. league Mm -hmm. and yet in the Super Bowl twice on fourth fourth and short they Mm -hmm. went for it and I think it just shows the difference in mentality between Reed and Shanahan mm-hmm. at points because there was another one where the Niners had a fourth and two again where they were moving the ball well and you're kind of like I just like, yeah three points isn't necessarily always mm-hmm. going to be enough against this Chiefs team and you know I don't want to turn this into a massive critique of the 49ers because they're still an incredibly good team and their defense is going to be causing problems for a lot of teams. Uh, on the regular for the next few years, mm. um, but yeah, it just seems strange to me. Like in a you know a big game like that, you know, why would you not take chances because you might not get another chance? No, I agree. And uh, I, I saw today Kittle had said they're going to go on a revenge tour next year. Which, if you're totally honest, you don't mind because, as far as I'm aware, that would mean for them to go on a revenge tour and beat us, it'd have to be in the Super Bowl again. 
That is correct. So if they want to go on that revenge tour, that's that's fine by us. We'll see you there. (laughs) I'd love a replay of this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want to do that, let's skip forward to next year. I was going to say, I think we've got the NFC South next year, haven't we, on the schedule? Yeah, we've got the Saints, I know that much for sure. Yeah. Uh, Just just one thing, going back to the the way Andy Reid called our game as well. The Damian Williams touchdown where it was debatable whether he was in or not, or out of bounds. Andy said he had a play for fourth and short. So I'm intrigued, because I believe we're down three points at that point. Is he going for that, or is he kicking a field goal? I think he's going for it. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can risk giving, giving a back. team... Yeah, giving a giving the ball back to a team with two minutes left. Two minutes and 50 all three time, All three timeouts left. And all they need is a field goal to win. With the way that they were moving, you know, obviously they stalled a bit, you know, in the in the second half. But with the way that they've been running the ball, there's no guarantee you'll ever get the ball back. Mm. And after what happened in the uh, AFC Championship game last year, where Mahomes had to sit on the sideline and mm-hmm. watch as Tom Brady do just drove again. down the field and not get another possession, I don't think Reed would want to put, you know themselves in that situation again mm-hmm. where the game's basically taken out of their hands it's like you know just a situation of we win the game here that's it you know because as it proved it was like they needed a touchdown after that a field goal was no good mm-hmm. and um i think it showed in sort of the niners play calling a little bit i think it's a bit of desperation at that stage um, yeah because they know they have to get in the end zone they can't yeah. just you know, work their way into field goal range. It was, it's six points or nothing at that point. And um, yeah, I, I, I'd have been, and it's one of those situations if, if we, you know, hadn't got the touchdown, it had been marked out at like the one inch line and we'd gone for it and not got it on fourth down. I would have had no issue with the call. I'd have been perfectly okay with it because I feel like it would have been the right call in that situation. And how much of the defensive improvement late on in the game then would you put down to Spagnolo and the players adjusting and how much was just poor execution by the 49ers um I I, I'll think a lot of credit has to go to Spagnolo in the second half um I I looked at some stats in terms of the number of times that we blitz Garoppolo in the first half and the number of times that we blitz Garoppolo in the second half and obviously how he performed when blitzed and under pressure and that it was incredible the difference, and you, you could see Garoppolo could not and was not given time to get comfortable in the pocket when the Chiefs started bringing some pressure, and you know he was bringing it from unconventional places as well. Obviously, like bringing Ben Neiman on on a blitz and stuff, who's you know known as a coverage linebacker and things like that. And yeah, I say I was I was very pleased because. We've seen in so many situations in previous years with Bob Sutton where we'd have been in that prevent shell and just sat back and let a team dink its way downfield. And it's so much better to see a a defensive coordinator like 4th and 10 bring in a blitz. Love it. Absolutely love that call on 4th and 10. It's so much better to say you've got to be us rather than you know, we're letting you have this. Yeah. Uh, and I say it's so much better to have a defensive coordinator who's willing to take some chances and force 
a team to make a mistake rather than just saying, you know, we'll try and let you beat us. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so who stood out on defense? Tomo, who stood out on defense for you? Like, who was the who was the MVP of the defense, if you like? Spagnolo, <laughs> give it to him. Um, I, just real quickly going back to what Dave was saying in terms of, I think I think we got into a situation where they were going to have to pass the ball as well, which really really helped us because it means we could just tee off on the quarterback. I was I saw something today about Frank Clark. He had three fourth down sacks in the playoffs. He sacked uh, Watson fourth and goal with a minute thirty two left uh, against Texans. He sacked Tannehill with a minute and 20 seconds left on a 4th and 6. And he sacked Garoppolo on a 4th and 10 with a minute 25 left. So I think the way the way he played was incredible. Breland, the interception, Fuller's interception at the end was really good as well. I mean, I don't think that's as, an, as important one, if you can say that, because I think they were... They were I, I, I never had any faith in them to go down at that point. But... No, I think I think there was just really good performances all over the field. To be honest, I mean the first half, it, uh, and to be fair, the third quarter as well, we were struggling against their offense. If 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 we're totally honest, the the one drive that they scored the touchdown was almost too easy, if you can say that, or they made it look that way. Um, but like seeing Tyron Matthew on the on the sideline. You, you just know as a fan that we're in such good hands with some of the guys that are on this team. Chris Jones is causing trouble all day with the deflected passes. It's, it, there's so many guys, and it's so nice, like I said earlier, to have a complete performance. I, 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 I don't really want to single anyone out the way they're the way they all played. To be honest, I'm going to single someone out, and yeah. it's going to be Chris Jones because mm-hmm. he was a one-man wrecking crew on that <laughs> defensive line all night long. Like, every time the Chiefs generated pressure, even if it wasn't him getting in the quarterback's face, it was because of them having to double him or put an extra guy on him or chip him or do something to slow him down and it freed up other people. Well, you you know, that first interception. interception. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. he, he just absolutely wrecked his man and was in Garoppolo's face before he knew what to do. And even though he got away from Jones a little bit, it just pushed him right into Mike Pennell's path and obviously forced the sort of lame duck floating through the air. Um, And I say, I think there was three, maybe four pass deflections at the line of scrimmage that were huge, which, you know, it's such an important part of defensive line play. Like, you know, you see the smart defensive line guys getting the hands up at the line of scrimmage when they know they're not going to get to the quarterback. You know, it's what JJ Watt became famed for, like the number of passes that he bats down at the line and stuff. Yeah. And um, especially on the interior, where Chris Jones, obviously Chris Jones being inside now, it, getting in those passing lanes when, you know, Garoppolo is looking towards someone like Kittle over the middle of the field. It, yeah, it. It su- makes such a big difference. Um, and I say, I think special shout-out to Matthew as well. I know he didn't have a like a sort of standout game or anything like that, but just the leadership and everything that he's brought to the defence this year, I think is just so telling. And yeah. to see him 
in the huddle before the game, getting the guys fired up. Like I just don't think there was that that guy, that leader on defense last year, the same like Matthew was this year. You know, I know we've obviously had Eric Berry in the past, but he was more of like a sort of silent leader and like gain respect from his play more than being like a loud and vocal guy, whereas Matthew's just that guy who getting guys' faces and fire guys up and I I think it's made such a big difference this year. So which was a better free agent sign and then Frank Clark or Terry and Matthew? I don't think you can argue about either of them really, can you? <laughs> uh Veach has worked his magic big time there. And I say I think that'll shut up a lot of the uh Veach doubters yeah. um as well. Because I know there were several people questioning him after letting Ford go and trading for Clark and various other bits and perhaps the Watkins mm-hmm. signing, but I think it's all come vindicated for for uh Veach now and uh yeah, as I say, he's he's a smart dude and I'm they say I was obviously gutted to see Chris Ballard go when he went to Indianapolis, but we seem to have found a very good guy um as the next man up on Well we traded our first round pick, didn't we? Um for Frank yeah. Clark and I remember I because I was really excited about the draft. Um and when it happened I, I really didn't want us to do it, if I'm totally honest, and I wrote a tweet and then deleted it because these things have a tendency to come back and bite it and make you look a bit silly. And I'm glad I did delete it because Frank Clark is worth a 30... What what, what pick were we? 31? No, it'd have been like 30, 30. or 29. Yeah. He, 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 the way he's played, he was worth that draft pick. Like We weren't getting second, a guy at 29 it, that was going to do what he's done this season. Hmm. Like, as a rookie. So, it... it it was definitely the right call. So going back to Chris Jones then, is he getting paid as a chief? I hope so, so much. If the breach, Veach does nothing else this off-season other than uh, extend Chris Jones and extend Patrick Mahomes, I'm quite happy. If that's the only free agent moves we make, so to speak, mm. and then go and address the DB and offensive line situations in the draft because they're the two positions mm. I look at as needing improvement because I know the 49ers defensive line is very very good but our O-line struggled massively yeah. on Sunday night and as I say I I certainly think we need a little bit of improvement there. Interior or tackle? Interior I would say I think we need a guard you know, Wisniewski has come in and done a job, but I would certainly be looking at a, a permanent guy there um, so that he is not a, an every-down kind of offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, and again, I said this earlier, and I kind of got some sort of weird looks and stuff, but... I seriously potentially think within the next year or two you look at drafting Eric Fisher's replacement. I know he's very good in the run game, but Nick Bosa manhandled him. Like I think Mick Bosa manhandled him. Manhandled I know he does that to a lot of people, <laughs> but it was literally like every play. It it was it was tough to watch at times. Like you know, especially when you compare it to the opposite side and 
how dominant Mitchell Swartz is. I think that that's the problem. You're kind of comparing him to a guy like Mitchell Swartz, who's probably the best right tackle in the game at the minute. And um, yeah, so are, you, are you talking drafting or are you talking? I'm, t- trading I'm talking free agent? drafting for sure because I think it's one of those positions where there's a lot of money invested, and soon we're going to need to free up some money because certain someone is going to get paid a lot of money <laughs> in the next year or two and i think it's one of those positions you can get much you can get even if you don't get a much better player you can get similar production at a much lower price yeah. and i know it kind of won't some people won't be happy to hear it and whatever you know i like eric fisher as a guy he seems like a nice dude and everything like that but i just think it's one of those positions He's getting paid a lot of money, and I think when you're looking to free up money, that's potentially one of the positions that might get looked at. Hmm. Tomo, thoughts on that? No, I I agree. It's not going to be... Uh, going back to the interior lineman drafting one, I, it's not the sexiest pick in the world, but it's one that's that's definitely necessary. Um, even going pa- back past the Super Bowl, we've had problems all season. Um, and don't with how big Patrick Mahomes is to this franchise, you've got to protect him. So I, I totally agree. Um, we are going to have to trust our, our scouting department to to get us some guys in later rounds as well because you need to keep people like Chris Jones around. You, you don't want him lining up against you at any point. So when you've got, when you've got these guys, you, we want to keep them. And... It's, it is so important to do so. So, yeah, I think you're just going to have to draft replacements for guys that are on big money. Um, and I think, is it Hitchens? Sammy Watkins, looking at you, Sammy, Sammy. Watkins, Hitchens' contract yeah. quite high as well, I believe. Um, I think with the way to, uh, Hitchens is probably going to be not for another year, though, with yeah, the re- yeah, restructure around, that we had but... this year. Um, but, yeah, Watkins, it would be. Watkins has got I think certainly a case drop. of he's either going to get cut or... He's going to have to take a pay cut. I think it'll have to be one of those two. Um, obviously, we'll probably free up some money from, you know, some other guys not getting re-signed. I wouldn't mind seeing us bring back one of Fuller or Breland. You know, obviously, yeah. probably not both is going to happen, but certainly bring one of those guys back and then draft, you know, a DB because, mm-hmm. you know... Um, we look set at safety. You know, Juan Thornhill looked fantastic before going down with that ACL tear at the end of December and providing he's ready to start the year. And I think even if he isn't, you know, Dan Sorensen's capable of filling in that role for, you know, a few weeks. I would certainly don't want Dan Sorensen as a full-time starting safety again. But mm-hmm. say until Thornhill's back ready, um, I think, you know, it will be fine at that position. Um but yeah, uh, I say I think cornerback, or interior line, and potentially linebacker because I think we need more speed there. Yeah, I think that if the Niners showed us up for speed on defense at times, especially yeah. at the linebacker spot. Um, but yeah, I say it's kind of one of those things you just kind of want to enjoy the the Super Bowl win for a, a week or two more, yeah. and then Absolutely. start worrying about free agency and the draft, like. I say, I think uh, Kansas City is going to be having a very big party tomorrow. So, uh, 
certainly be looking forward to that. I, I agree. It's it's definitely a better and nicer problem to have having won the Super Bowl, considering we'd still be in the same situation had we lost the Super Bowl. So I think we'll uh, we'll let everyone enjoy it a little bit longer before we start thinking about how we're going to cut costs here and there. But no, it's, it's, it's great to have actually won one. And to get it out of the way so early for Mahomes is, is massive as well, in my opinion. Like, he's the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl, I believe. And getting that off his back, you do, I'd hate to have lost that Super Bowl and his performance have not taken an upturn because it's, it's just increased pressure, isn't it? Which is now gone. He can play the rest of his career knowing that he's got a Super Bowl ring and hopefully that frees him up to go and get a few more. He's basically completed the NFL, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, in, in NFL, <laughs> you know, NFL MVP, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Like, yeah, just completed it, mate. NFL completed it, mate, I yeah, know. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, what else could he need to do? And I say, I do think it will take pressure off because I certainly think some people probably would have looked at Mahomes as potentially a bit of a choker had... Uh, the Super Bowl continued in the vein of the first three quarters yeah. for him mm. um, on Sunday, you know, and that's not to say because I don't think he's been at fault in any other previous games, really. But when you don't perform on the biggest stage, you do certainly get questions asked of you. Um, so yeah, it, it was huge to see him turn that around. And I say you, you kind of got to be if you're the rest of the league looking at Mahomes right now. You gotta be thinking the dude's twenty four. He's already won the NFL MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won Super Bowl MVP. Like we're not gonna be able to get rid of him for a while yet, are we? Like it's gotta be pretty horrible when you think, you know, we've got to get past them every year. The Raiders is... are moving into that stadium, and Patrick Mahomes is gonna go in there every single year and just blow them out. Like that must be such a horrible feeling to know you've got to come up against him because. How how do the other three teams in our division find a way to beat Mahomes? Well, do do you go load up on offense and try and make it a like a track meet, or do you load up on defense and try and stop him? Kind of like the Forty Niners did for three quarters of the game. I think that's the problem. There's no easy solution to it um, because I think it is a case of you can probably only contain the Chiefs' offense for so long. Um, so you still need to be able to score points. I don't think you can load up on defense and expect to keep up because the Chiefs have put, you know, hung points on several top-rated NFL defenses in the past couple of years. Um, so yeah, it's tough whichever way you come at it. Um, yeah, I guess the best way to look at it would be try and keep up in a track meet. Um, but again, it probably doesn't look too too good for you if you try and do that with the way that the Chiefs can score points like I say it's just a horrible proposition if you I think an opposing team looking at the Chiefs right now because as I say the core of that team's around for a few more years obviously it's going to get a little bit tougher with Mahomes's uh, next big deal but I certainly think the Chiefs have put themselves in a position where they can manipulate the cap a little bit and free up a bit of money here and there and still be in a pretty strong position. Um, and as I say, like you just have to get to the playoffs every year. Once you're in the playoffs, who knows what can happen? Because after Rodgers won his first 
Super Bowl after Wilson won his first Super Bowl. You know, neither of them have won it since. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not a guarantee, but you certainly think that the Chiefs will be there or there about every year going forward while Mahomes is running this offense. I think also with when free agents look at where they're looking at going, Mahomes has got to be a strong draw to say, I want to play in Kansas City. It, it's going to become a destination for free agency to say, you know, the good guys are going to go, well, I fancy my chances of getting a ring if I go to Kansas City. Well, it's what, well, it's what price do you put on that as well in terms of, are you going to sacrifice some of, you know, we might not have the cap that other teams have got, but if you've got the choice of going to the Chiefs and trying to win a Super Bowl or going to the Lions, who, like, where are you going? If you, <laughs> you're going to take a little bit less money, but you're going to win a Super Bowl and it's going to mean you're remembered forever. Like, can you put a price on that as a player? Because I tell you now, Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark getting that ring on Sunday means a hell of a lot more to them than their wage check for the last couple of couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I say, just look at what happened when Manning went to Denver. I think you know they signed Demarcus Ware, Akeem Talib, Emmanuel Sanders. Like guys wanted to go there, and some of them, as I say, taking less money to go and play there than other teams. And you see it happen with New England at times, um, where you know guys just want to go and play for Belichick or with Brady. And I say, I think you'll get a similar situation because what wide receiver wouldn't want to catch passes from? Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What what defensive player wouldn't want to go, oh, you know, I've got that guy playing on the other side of the ball from me. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um right, I think we'll probably wrap it up there at a forty five minute long podcast. <laughs> um we'll be around during the off season certainly. Um I'm not sure we're gonna do weekly podcasts, but I think our target was sort of one every couple of weeks. Um yep when there's kind of events coming up and such. Um, yeah, we'll so, certainly get a free agency and draft podcast out there for sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, free agency starts in six weeks, I believe, uh, I read today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be around. Um, it's possible we might get one later on this week um, with Brad or Tom, who were actually at the game, uh, just to get kind of like a, a perspective. bastards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to try and get a perspective of kind of what it was like to actually attend a Super Bowl, um, having won tickets by naming what flavour fucking Coke you want to drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so we, we might have one later on in the week. We'll see how we go with that. But certainly people keep an eye out and we'll be around um, over the coming weeks. Um, so, Tomo, thanks for your time. It's been a Cheers. pleasure. And Dave, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll no get worries. you back on more frequently. And um, from one kingdom to another, this is the Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs, guys. Enjoy it while you can. Um, We'll talk to you soon. Thanks and bye.